This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Well, today's Friday. It's our last day in the studio with Pastor Will Franco from Tri-Village Church. If you don't know where that is or who that is, we'll go back to the former episodes and listen to those. So today, um, Will, we are going to be answering a pretty loaded question. Mm. And how should a Christian view Donald Trump's administration? So let's let's be pretty straight. Donald Trump and Barack Obama, fairly different. Mm-hmm. Okay. Today is January 25th. We are five days into Donald Trump's administration, mm-hmm. and holy smokes, has this guy made some waves. Um, the amount of executive orders, the amount of things he has done and undone are pretty profound. And uh, if you're a Republican, if you're an establishment Republican, you're jumping for joy. If you're mm-hmm. a liberal, you are crying and wailing, and you're in rallies. Mm-hmm. So it's been a very interesting five days. Um, and I have to say that as a Christian, I find myself frustrated. Mm. Um, it's interesting because I find myself frustrated less and less actually with um, Christians supporting Donald Trump mm-hmm. and more and more with some of the liberal, um, cr- I'm trying to think of a nice word to be honest, but just whining. Mm. And um, so it's been really challenging for me personally. Mm-hmm. So anyways, here's what we do know. Okay. Uh, typically amongst Hispanics and amongst African-Americans, mm-hmm. you have a more racially diverse church than I do. Um, there's going to be leaning more on the democratic mm-hmm. side of things. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. a, a, a unique tension. It's a more significantly unique tension you'll have in your community mm-hmm. than I'm going to have in mine. Mm-hmm. And uh, so just how, how would you generally counsel a Christian to view this man, his administration in light of liberals, conservatives, bigger picture, the kingdom of God mm-hmm. and Jesus. Like mm-hmm. give some counsel to people. Yeah, I think that what I would do is so often we as Christians make politics about positions, right? My position on this, my position on that, um, my stance on that. And one of the things that I've learned over this last season is I have been more concerned about not necessarily my people's positions, because we have Democrats, we have you know Republicans, we have liberals, we have conservatives, not necessarily their positions, as much as I've been concerned about their dispositions. Because mm. um, I think the, the thing is, your, your position on politics can change, right? But you could actually, here's funny, you can go from being a liberal to a conservative or a conservative to a liberal and still have the same disposition towards politics. You'd be a jerk either way. Exactly right. Yeah. And so, and, and by disposition, it's not only just the way you approach others, but also your disposition and what you expect politics to do for you. One of the things I don't do is I don't tell people where I am politically. And I do that because I think Jesus did that. You know, when Jesus is approached and they show him the coin and they say to him, hey, should we pay taxes to Caesar's yes or no? Essentially, they're asking him, are you a liberal who pays taxes to Caesar or are you a conservative that refuses to, you know? Mm-hmm. And he never answers the question. And here's what's funny. The coin that Jesus is given the coin on it, I'm pretty sure it says something along the lines of son of God, high priest. It was describing Caesar on the mm-hmm. coin. Yep. All things that are true of Jesus, not of Caesar. Oh, yeah. Right. So he could have easily just thrown his hands up and been offended and just gotten his conservative on and said, this is ridiculous. Why would you, this is blasphemy. Why would, but that wasn't his response. His response is give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. In other words, give to Caesar what's made in his image, but only give to God what's made in his image. Mm-hmm. The thing is what's made in Caesar, in Caesar's image was that little dumb coin. What's made in God's image is us, mm-hmm. right? So don't ever give Caesar uh, politics, your soul yep. or your person 
because that belongs to God. Give to mm -hmm. God what belongs to God. And so Jesus never allowed himself to be pigeonholed. And on the, on the one hand, he submitted to the government he was in because he eventually does pay the tax. So on the one hand, he submits himself to the government. But on the other hand, he transcends the government mm. and says, there's a bigger kingdom I'm a part of. Mm. And so for me, my thing, regardless if I'm talking to a liberal or a conservative or a Republican or a Democrat, my thing is to, to look at their disposition and say, are you looking for in politics more than what you should be looking for? You know what I mean? What are you looking for? I think a lot of times Christians find their identity in the, in the party they vote for instead of the savior who died for mm. them. And I think that's a concern. Yeah, it is uh, interesting the context. So we tend to think if we're conservative, Barack Obama is uh, the bane of all the world, right. or if we're liberal, Donald Trump is the worst thing that's ever happened to the world. Right. And it's interesting is that uh, neither of them touch the cruelty mm. of Caesar. Mm. Like they don't mm. even touch him. Nope. Like it's it's nope. like it, it's crazy. I mean, and even in in Donald Trump's brain and in Barack Obama's brain. They believe they're doing the best thing for yep. the most amount of people. Yep. If you sat down with Caesar, he would say, I don't care what's best right, for the people. Right, I'm right. doing what's best for me. Yep, I yep. am in charge. I am the son of God. Yep. I am the king of kings and yep. the Lord of lords. Like mm -hmm. literally those were, you know, self-identifying phrases about himself. So that was redundant. But you get the point. Imagine Donald Trump becomes a supervillain, <laughs> right? right? And he just starts killing people. Right. And because he's the president, he takes all this control and Congress lets him, whatever. Imagine he becomes worse than Caesar. Right. Uh, or as bad as Caesar. And Jesus comes in and uh, Donald Trump puts his face on mm -hmm. all these coins mm -hmm. and says, the son of God, the king of the, the king mm -hmm. of kings, whatever. And Jesus says, give to, give to Trump's what's Trump's yep. and yep. give to me what's mine. Yep. You know, what's interesting is that like Jesus had every, every opportunity in that moment to pick a fight, yep. to say, we need a new leader to yep. build a revolution. Yep. He just didn't. Yep. It's really interesting. And I, I want to come back to this. Um, Donald Trump's not going to do that. And Barack Obama didn't do that. Right. right? right, right. They're, they're both men who, from their worldview, are doing what they think is exactly the best right. thing to do. Exactly right. But now there's this tension. Let's just draw out this tension a little bit, okay? Because this is where I find myself and many other people. Um, so whether or not I like Trump becomes irrelevant, okay? Right. So on the podcast, so you can have some updates, right? Here's mm -hmm. a couple things we tell people. Vote for the things that are closest to God's heart. And so the things that are closest to God's heart are going to be um, the sanctity of life, mm -hmm. marriage, which represents Christ in the church. Mm -hmm the local church, which is the people of God, um, and the poor, mm -hmm, okay? Mm -hmm, so like mm -hmm. categories. So like which party is going to uphold God's view on the things that are closest to his heart? Mm -hmm. Now we're in a country where we have the freedom to actually like enact on these things mm -hmm, and do these things. So mm -hmm. like those are the four like big categories. And as it stands right now, the Republicans maybe get three out of four, maybe mm -hmm. two out of four, depending on which one you're talking mm -hmm. about. Um, so it's a little bit torn. So Christians can kind of go different ways in mm -hmm, these things. Mm -hmm. But like here, so here's the, here's the cultural experience. All right. I'm a conservative. Um, let's say I'm a fiscal conservative. I don't believe in debt. I don't believe in big government. I don't believe in all this stuff. Let's say I'm there. So I go into this world where there have these rallies where vile and grotesque things, objectively things I would never let my sons or daughters ever see on TV. They're just loudly, proudly doing them. No boundaries, no rules, no nothing. Um, and every time a conservative says something conservative, they're free to, to just jump on them and uh, say mean things to them and lash out. They feel this cultural freedom to be jerks, mm -hmm. um, to say negative things. And the Christians aren't saying anything. Mm. Uh, and when we do, when the Christians do get up and start talking politically, like getting opinionated, all the other Christians, particularly the millennial Christians, jump in and say, that's not your role. You shouldn't be doing that. Your job mm -hmm. isn't to defend politics. It's this weird culture because I do want to fight for the things that are the closest to God's heart, mm -hmm. Christian or non-Christian in the presidency, I I feel a weight for the president who is going to advocate um, allowing third trimester abortions mm. 
um, to not let them be in office mm-hmm. and to advocate for the for the guy who's going to stop abortion mm-hmm, everywhere mm-hmm, he can. Mm-hmm. Now, who knows what Donald Trump was actually going to do and what Hillary Clinton actually would have done. Those are like the, the big question marks. Mm-hmm. But I think as a Christian, like, what do I do? Because if I speak, I got all the millennials jumping on me and telling me I'm out of place. Um, if I speak, liberals are permitted to just lambast me all they want. But if I don't speak, then the the cycle perpetuates. Does that make sense? You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's why I think I would never be scared to discuss an issue like you guys have been doing. Mm-hmm. I think issues need to be discussed. I don't think it would be, I think it would be unpastoral of us to right. not talk about issues like the sanctity of life and, and the poor, right? If people want to get mad at us for talking about the issues, then they're just going to have to change the business of something else. Right. Yeah. Whereas I would be more careful would be in saying, okay, in light of this, vote this way or that way. You know, because one of the things that, that has really opened up to me being at a diverse church and actually even more than being at Tri-Village, but being at Iglesia del Pueblo, the Spanish congregation I was at before, I remember— I told this gentleman, and this guy knows God's word back. He's the most conservative man you'll ever meet in your life. I'm saying, like, this guy is, is like legalistic conservative, right? He he got up to me and said, "Hey, I heard you you preached on politics at Wheaton Bible Church the other day." I'm like, "Oh, it was actually the same day. We were at a wedding." I'm like, "This morning," and he's like, "You told him to vote for Hillary, right?" And I was like, "What?" And he was like, "Yeah." He's like, "You have to stand up for your people." Will he was a Hispanic guy? He's like, "If you don't stand up for your people, who will?" Mm. So so you have a guy who loves Jesus is fully conservative. And in his mind, there's no other option yep. but to vote for Hillary. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even with him, I was like, well, no, I didn't say that. And he's like, did you tell him to vote for Trump? I'm like, I didn't say that either. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, I'm, the, I, I'm, I'm more zoomed out than that. Yeah. I'm trying to give him a theology of politics, how to approach yep. politics. And I could tell he didn't like my answer. And he was really bothered by it. And there's a lot of African-American co- congregations that would vote radically different. There's mm-hmm. Hispanic. And so it's been a tough thing to navigate because I've seen because my family is a family of immigrants, I remember one time my mom worked at this factory and we picked this lady up. And uh, this lady was one of the hardest workers you'll ever meet. She was Mexican. And I remember we were driving her home because she didn't have a car ride. And I was sitting in the back seat and she was in the front with my mom. And my mom said to her, she said, uh, hey, so what's your name? And she's like, oh, Maria, whatever. And she's like, no, no, what's your real name? And all of a sudden this whole different name that I had never heard of came out. And so this lady was illegal and she was here illegally. But this lady was like barely making it. Like she, mm-hmm. she had like her, her kid at home. She's really, you know what I mean? And so it's almost as if there's things that it's really easy to sign something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or say this is right or this is wrong. Whatever stance you have, it's really easy to sign something. But when you start seeing the people who are impacted by those things, you know what I mean? I guess I would just say, just take the pro-life thing, for example. If we're going to be pro-life, right? Amen. I'm, I'm pro-life. But can we be pro-life with a baby? who hasn't been born yet, but not be pro-life with a Syrian refugee, 13-year-old kid. Yep. So what I'm saying is this is more gray than it is black or white. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I've been praying for in this season is for wisdom so that I give people, again, a The, the issue of voting. The not, vote, yeah. Not pro-life. Well, no, 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 I'm just no, trying yeah. to make sure yeah, we get yeah, clear. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's make that crystal clear. Yeah, pro-life is okay. not definitely not a— yeah. definitely I not won't a let you get thing. away with that because we will we will halt the whole conversation no, and go uh, a different direction. <laughs> if you're going to be like, oh, life is a gray issue, you know, like maybe it's a baby and he had a maybe it's not. I'm with you on that. Try to help you protect you from saying something you don't mean. Yeah, no, thank you, thank you. And if you didn't mean it, we'll fight. Yeah, then we'll go at it. That's why I love you. That's why I love you. I actually, we, Bible, when I preached, I said, listen, if we were to go to the polls today, Mm. there are conservative Christians in this room, because it was a majority white room, that would vote 
differently from conservative Christians who are right across the hallway right now meeting in the other room. Mm. All I want people to see is that it's more gray mm. than it is black or white. Let's be honest about the issues and up front. Yep. So when you get to like a pro-life issue, um, here's a great one, right? So um, if uh, so I'm pro-life, I'm not ashamed that we've talked about this ad nauseum on this podcast. So here's the reality though. In I think it's 2016, it was 900 and some odd thousand babies who were murdered in the name of inconvenience and abortion. Got it. So Let's say we stop it. We make it illegal. And let's say now those babies are born. Mm -hmm. That's almost a million babies a year. It's interesting because if the church is going to say uh, pro-life, stop abortion, well, then the church has to figure out, and I would say largely the Republican Party who's promoting this along with the church, uh, whether it's Catholic, I don't care, Christians in general who are mm -hmm. advocating for pro-life stance, mm -hmm. we got to figure out what to do with a million babies, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Many of them are single moms, mm -hmm. you know, like there's now there's this whole other reality mm -hmm. um, that we are currently not facing because abortion is, is because it exists. There's a whole different reality that mm -hmm. we're not having to face. Yep. Yep. And so I would rather deal with the new reality than Amen. the old reality Amen. any day, but any like, day. Any day. but what it does mean is that how, America views a million new babies with single moms and all these contexts, uh, it's going to change drastically. The mm -hmm. adoption uh, industry is going to have to, everything is going to have to shift. How we view federal funding for single mothers and different things. I mean, all of it mm -hmm. is going to have to shift. You're going to say no here. Shift is what I said, by mm -hmm. the way. Uh, <laughs> let's be really clear again. Um, so I'm just saying like, it's, it is interesting because on the one hand, it, it is hard because every one of these big decisions that is right in a yep. sense yep. has massive personal, devastating sometimes consequences, real time on the ground. Massive. And, uh, and that's why, like, I do think the implications make us sometimes pause a moment to mm -hmm. say, okay, this isn't about signing a paper. Yep. This is about a new way of life for yep. all Americans. For, for, from here on out. It's a mm -hmm. new way of spending money. It's a new way of viewing the poor. It's a new way of viewing the least. And it, it isn't, I don't think most Christians have thought about that. They're just more focused on the injustice of the yep. murder of a million babies. Yep. And it's like, yep. okay. But if they're going to live, we have to do things we differently. We have to have a plan. That's a very good point. Yeah. So, and I, I do understand like politics gets very difficult because your culture, we see this different demographics and skin color by and large vote overwhelmingly in the same direction. Exactly right. Depending on gender, depending on different things. That's why I'm in a hard place because I'm, I'm, I'm on the one hand, I'm on a conservative evangelical, you know, and on the other hand, I have minorities and people who see me and say, you're betraying your people. You know what I mean? Yep. Like they look at you and say, why would you not stand up for us? Yep. So it's, it's, it's navigating that those waters, yep. your disposition toward politics is, is not where your identity comes from or your value or your worth. And it's much more gray than what we think mm -hmm. and in some areas, not all areas, not all areas yeah. but, but yep. in some areas. Can I just focus there for a moment outside of like my white culture? There are very different conversations mm -hmm. happening Yes, Radically with different. very different values and very different pressing problems. Yes. Like upper middle class white people tend to see taxes and money as a primary reality in their life. Mm. But if you live in a poor black community, mm -hmm. that's not your problem. Mm -mm. Your problem is drugs. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, I'm, we just go on and on. I don't want to stereotype, but right, you get right, the right, point. Right, you know what right, I mean? Depending right. on your community. Totally different. What is that? What is like real time facing you is very different. And we all tend to see politics through the grid of what is staring us in the face exactly, right here exactly and right, right now. So exactly right. for what I, and I do understand, and most people can understand if you have, if you're a pastor of anything other than a white church in suburbia, mm. you're going to have social pressure from conservative Christians mm -hmm. because they're, they're filtering politics through culture. Mm -hmm. um, and we all are. 
Yeah, everybody. So uh, we didn't probably give everybody all the answers they want on that, right, but right. Um, that's not the point. The no. point is we want to start discussions, help build categories and frameworks for people, um, allow people to really process some difficult questions. And uh, I'm hoping that people will come back with more questions on this mm-hmm, issue. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll just bring you in when they do and have yeah. you answer all the Donald Trump <laughs> questions. It'll be great. Um, so audience, just want to thank you and thank uh, Pastor Will for being here with us. And um, Will, if you see anybody from Village Church, give them a big hug and um, love you guys very much. We uh, are excited about what you're doing. We want your church to grow. We want people to come to Jesus. And I want Village Church just to hear we're on the same team and uh, we're in this together. So uh, look forward to having you again here back sometime soon. And then uh, if you get a chance, tell your church to listen to this and they can either... uh, get upset with you and, or not. You <laughs> know? Might leave. I don't yeah, know you never know, right? So all right, uh, we'll be back on Monday. And on Monday, we're going to be back with Pastor Tim. And Pastor Tim is going to answer the following question with me. Would the church support a veterans ministry? We have a lot of veterans of Village Church. So we'll get to that one on Monday. See you there.